I was fancy. Right. <laughs> right. What's up? It's been a while. It's been a month. It's been quite a while. It's been a month. You know, I would love to say that I'm recharged, mm-hmm. but that would be an understatement. It, it is June. It's your month, for me. It's your month. It's fine. It's your month. I do. I Welcome, welcome back to um, detention three hundred five. <laughs> you know, I wasn't gonna say anything about this, but welcome back to bitches just about it two hundred six. <laughs> welcome to maybe you should have took that second shower one hundred one. Welcome to you need the second shot even though the city is open three hundred six. You know what? I can't talk uh-huh. that. Welcome. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. y'all wild. Y'all wild. Y'all, I need y'all to sit down. Y'all wild. Very much so. Y'all are wild. <laughs> so, welcome back to um, a show that we like to call uh, Who Raised You Hoes? Um, my name is Lonnie, but my Twitter, Abby, is once to be Gemini season. <laughs> of course, it's Gemini season for you. <laughs> I can't help that. Oh my God! And I am Marlon, aka the Comeback Kid. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, this is not the regular who raised you host. No, yeah. no, no. Um, we're starting off a little series, mm-hmm. um, a little thing. I'm feeling very jazz club esque. <laughs> I'm feeling that jazz club esque. Okay, okay. You know, Let's I'm talking about. I'm putting on the shoes. Oh. Oh. You know, we're snapping. The bonnets are all over the place. <laughs> we're getting in line. Silk, cotton, linen, all types of linen bonnet. That's not good. No, I bonnet. can wear a silk bonnet, though. That's fine. We can do that. I can do a silk bonnet. Wait. I'm in the airport. I'm traveling. Mind your business. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, because of the fact that we are in a special month for WRYH, um, the show is not going to completely sound the same for this month. Right. Um, with that being said, that means scroll on is going to be very condensed. Very. Um, and it's more to focus on you guys. Yes. Just to give you guys a little insight as to why this happened. Um, I wanted. I had this idea randomly. I was on the phone with one of my friends. Um, shout out to Dixie. And I was saying we have so many artists within the community that the world probably would never know about yes. because we don't give them the opportunity to really give them a platform to speak or to have an interview to speak about that outlet for their music. Exactly. So that way it doesn't feel as if I'm searching, I want to scavenger hunt to find what I want to listen to. Right. So that started the lovely, lovely idea of Surprise the Sounds. That's it. With that being said, we're going to go right into the things. Um, I'm not even going to sit here and say it's time to get up and flush because lately I just wanted to throw my phone. (laughs) Um, I feel like that's more appropriate. Very quickly, very briefly, welcome into Scroll On for a hot moment in time. Trying to see if there's anything in particular that I would like to discuss. Uh, I don't know. It's a lot of shit now. Because, you know, I've been, you know, I don't want to be a mess. It's June. I'd rather do mess later. Okay. 
Um, congratulations on the order, Prince William and Walton. Uh, excuse me, Prince William and Meghan Walton, their second child. Oh, wow. Congratulations to them, Mas Talk. Yay. Congrats. <laughs> Let me say congratulations my way. <laughs> Why are you a background person and give the commenta- commentary? That didn't work. Either way, I think that's all I have to scroll on this week. I'm going to do you guys a little bit better, a little more prepared. You were prepared for other things in particular. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's time to go into the jazz corner. That's right. Let's go into the jazz corner. Let's talk to our jazz. Yes. Um, it, we're so rude. We're so very rude. Um, we have a tradition here at WRIH. We do not introduce our guests. Yes. We allow our guests to introduce themselves. And seeing that we're doing simultaneous <laughs> interviews, mm-hmm. it's only right that I ask you guys to introduce yourselves at this time. And we'll let the gentleman that got here first go first. Yes, the gentleman that got here first. Go <laughs> shape. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, um, I'm Irby. <laughs> um, I'm a pop writer, uh, and I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. Welcome, Thank you for joining us, Thank you. Yes. What's going on, everybody? My name is Hemingway. I am a R&B soul artist here in Atlanta, Georgia, as well. Are you guys born and raised, or are you just like an ATL transplant? Because those are questions. Birmingham, Alabama. Okay. Mississippi. I'm from Meridian, Mississippi. Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't hear no people say. Okay, don't, don't. Okay, okay. Uh, 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 stop, yeah. Literally, that's like every time I tell someone I'm from Mississippi, immediately, especially because like like P Valley and it's like Mississippi resurgence. I I cringe when I hear Mississippi pride. I just be like, oh, because like, it's <laughs> like, ah, oh, okay. But yeah. When um in Mississippi are you originally from? Meridian. 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 I've never heard Meridian. Okay. Yeah. It's like a it's like a we call it a city town in the sense of like it has like people there, but it's like nothing to do. So that's why everybody leaves, essentially, you know. Okay. 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 And Hemingway from Birmingham, Alabama. That's dope. Yeah. I've never been. Oh my god! I have family from there, but never been. Yeah, Birmingham is like well, a lot of people don't know, but Birmingham is really, really rich in soul music, like R and B, soul, um, jazz. Like they're very, very rich in that that form of music, and a lot of people don't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it is. It's growing. Every time I say, like, Birmingham, Alabama, everybody's like, oh, my gosh, it's so country. But I'm just like, if you've ever actually been to Birmingham, Alabama, mm-hmm. then you would know. It's honestly a very nice place to be. I do feel like it's a place where you go or live when you kind of are figuring things out, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Okay. It's not like a, this is my end-all, be-all. It's like a, I'm figuring it out. I'm building myself up then I'm going to move on out of here. Gotcha. Yeah. Kind of like a transitional city. Yeah, like it's very transitional. Okay. Nope, shit. All right. Well, gentlemen, thank you for joining us. So let's jump into some icebreakers. What you think? 
I, you know, we got to do these icebreakers. Mm-hmm. And my co-host over here decided to make things a little complicated for you guys. Well, but no, it, it, makes things a little, it makes things all the better. Let's keep it interesting. So I'm going to go at random with what he selected. And I'm going to say this. Describe your personality with three songs from three different genres of music. Okay. Who going first? You jumped on first one. You know, you started. Yeah, like, I was going the last one. Oh. <laughs> um, so I would definitely say um, LMA Dangerous. Um, I am a lover. And um, I just have those moments where I, I don't feel like I'm good enough to be loved, but I love the, the idea of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would mm-hmm. definitely say LMA Dangerous. Um, Bless Up by Corinne Hawthorne. Um, one of my favorite songs. It, it takes me exactly where I need to be. And it's like, it just reminds me that God is my best friend. Um, and he is my end all be all at the end of the day. He's my biggest supporter. He's my rock. Um, and I have to remind myself of that all the time. Um, and then I would have to say champion by, uh, Rick Ross, Ace Hood, and Jasmine Sullivan. Uh, I'm just learning to step into my confidence a little bit more when it comes to me and just what it is that I want to do. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Sweet. Love that. Love that. All right. Irby. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, um, okay. So, Garden by SZA. I like that song. It's one of my favorite songs. Um, I just like the fact that it's about um, wanting. It's about want. It's about wanting to be with someone, but at the same time, though, or like wanting to let people in, but at the same time, though, you just kind of like he really gets to know me. Probably won't fuck with me, so. So like, um, you know, I'm a Scorpio, so that's like Scorpio shit. Um, and then there's I like Misery Business by Paramore. Only because of, like the nostalgia of like growing up in Mississippi and the lead is from Mississippi and everyone that that was just the song of the summer at one point where I was a teenager, which is very, very odd. And I think my last song probably is Your Principal by Janet Jackson. That's like my last like pop type of like because it was I, I just like that song and I like mainly because I like Janet in that era of where she was like in a sense of control mm-hmm. of where of where she wanted to go and what she wanted to do. And I feel like right now I'm in a sense of like where like I'm where I wanna go and I and I know what I'm like I know I'm I'm kind of figuring out what I wanna do. So yeah, like if, if I was to think like probably those like three songs, like lyrically and melodically. Yeah. Yay. I was doing my research for this lovely moment. Um, and I made, I stumbled upon your love and heartbreak EP on SoundCloud. Oh, God. Tell us a little bit about that because I have so many comments. Please go on. <laughs> okay. Um, so I don't, I don't know what was going on. I feel like during that period, I had either 
just stopped talking to a guy mm-hmm. or I had saw like an ex or somebody on Instagram and I was triggered. So I was just like, oh shit, what I'm gonna do with this? And I had said I was gonna like release some music. I was like, I need to release some music. Um, but I haven't released anything or whatever. And my producer, he's in New York. So he is, uh, I'm like asking him for beats. But he's trying to give me like these like really funky. I'm like, I just need some simple shit. Like, yeah. So that's why I was just like, I just, I record on my, on my guitar. So um, yeah, that one, it was a mixture of me being sad, high, and sad. Sad and high. And I just <laughs> asked my friends, I was like, hey, hey, guys, if you're not busy, it was late at night. I was like, if you're not busy, could y'all, like, you know, just say some shit? Da, 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 da. So that's why in the background, you probably hear, like, people keys stopping and shit. And mm-hmm. You hear, like, kids, you hear kids running and shit. It's not an aesthetic thing. It was just literally, like, on the fly. So, um, yeah, that's that's the story. It's real, yeah. And, yeah, I, I really, I look at that as, like, a fever dream project of like oh yeah that's what it is to me a fever drink project so with that i asked because for some odd reason what i noticed um, with both of you here um and mm. everyone i selected within the series i i said this earlier i'm like for some odd reason men that identify within the community write really well from a place of hurt so mm. my question would be in turn who was playing the guitar that was me the funny part is it would throw people that listen to your work beforehand. It would throw them for a loop. Mm-hmm. Like, wait, this a whole acoustic project? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it was a good flip. <laughs> I mean, I, look, when you got to make something, you're like, look, we're going to we gonna make something shake. Um, but a lot of it was like old voice memos and stuff. And I was like, I just need to put these out like just to keep that you know what i'm saying so Mm -hmm. and and like to speak on the part about the heartache i think also too is just that um we're not afraid to actually just be honest about our about like our feelings in that moment because at the because at the end of the day it's kind of like no one's gonna know who i'm talking about except for that person and even that person if i just throw in like a metaphor they're gonna probably think i'm talking about another person or something like that if they're listening to the song so, like, I, I, that's what I think it is. It's just that we're a lot more in tune with, like, our feelings and we know how to, like, actually say what we want to say and not, you know, beat around the bush as much. Or at least we're not as embarrassed enough to be, like, embarrassed and be like, yeah, I got played. Here's a song. Listen to it. <laughs> now, anyway, in that respect, do I know that earlier you spoke about... Um, your relationship with the idea of love and like aspiring to be in that space. Do you find that you also work from that same kind of emotion or are you inspired in different ways? Um, most definitely. <laughs> most definitely. Uh, my whole album um, that we're finishing up now is literally probably every situation that I've been through probably in like the last six years. And I just kind of like summed it up and just took from different situations and I put it on paper, took it to the studio and 
you know what I'm saying? Like, I, it is what it is. I definitely agree, um, you know what I'm saying, with Irby, because it's a sense of closure. It's a sense of closure. It's a sense of release. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times we're too scared to say things like to maybe like our friends or our family members or just people in general because we feel like we're going to be judged or their friends are going to take sides. And it gives you the opportunity to express it without being judged so harshly. And then it gives other people that have been through those situations the opportunity to tap into what it is that you're emoting you know what i'm saying and the point that you're trying to get because they're not going to be like oh i know your boyfriend i know that's not you know what i'm saying that's not what happened they're not going to do that it's going to be like oh my gosh like i feel this like i feel like you're talking to me you know what i'm saying so it's not a thing of judging you based off of the relationship because they don't know and it's like music gives you that second chance to give you to, to get that story out so i, I definitely definitely agree Take us to free. In particular, I'm not ashamed to say how many times I played GPS. I'm not. In the slightest way, shape, or form. I'm not afraid to say it. The fact that the track sounds like an early 2000s R&B track that was released this year is something incredible. Can you please tell us what... Um, GPS is my baby. That's actually um out of all the songs that I've done since I've been doing music over this last year. Um, that's the one song that really just stuck with me, it grew with me and it meant a lot. Um GPS is basically about leaving someone and then coming back and trying to figure out how to love them because they've changed so much. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so it's just like when you are in a relationship, the relationship might not go well, and then it's like you try to come back to that person and love on them again. It's not as easy because they have changed. You know what I'm saying? Like, people grow, people change. Like, their their aspect of life and love, it changes. So it's like when you come back, you're either gonna roll with the point, like roll with the punches, and kind of like try to figure it out, or you're just gonna have to let them go again. But it's not gonna be like an easy road to get back to them, which is why I took a right turn out of your heart, I took a left on the boulevard, I swerved a little around the middle to dodge all your scars. I took a break before shit went south, turn around trying to figure this out. I need information, drop your location so I can get back to your love. So it's okay, just, first. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, and then all of the references that I made in the song, they just all I literally when I titled the song GPS, I took that and I just kind of like made love references, but I tried to put it in the the retrospect of using a GPS. We use a GPS to get where we need to go. You know what I'm saying? And the mm. GPS talks you through it. So it's just like I use that aspect of everything. And just kind of like tie this on together. Listen, I need y'all to understand that the man is sitting <laughs> in the car right now. It's just all yeah. full circle, people. All full no circle. circle. And speaking of inspiration and songs, Sir Irv, can you please give us a little background on Pangea? Please. Please. I please. need to know. I listened because to it like so many times. Sir, 
I, listen, I need everybody that's listening to this right now. When y'all hear this shit, I need y'all to go and listen to these songs. This you, this is the reason why we are doing this series because y'all fucking miss now. And I'm just gonna let this man take it because I can't. I can't. <laughs> I I wrote Pangea like when I still I lived in Mississippi when I wrote Pangea, um, and so that was like twenty. 15 maybe 2015 2016 and then it was on soundcloud until like 20 uh like 18 and then we did that when i did my project i was like oh yeah i want to re-record pangea um and really the backstory behind that was uh once again i was heartbroken not high but i was definitely heartbroken And um, I just remember um, joking with my friend, um, uh, Jaleesa, and I was just like, I remember sitting, oh, yeah, I remember sitting, I was like, I, I was like, and Frank Ocean was writing this, he'll probably be like, we were like, and then I stopped, I was like, oh, shit, so I ran to the bathroom, and I was like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Um, but it was on the guitar for like a, like a long ass, like a long ass time, and then finally, um, I got in the studio with my homeboy Pat, who just got a plaque. He just uh, he just worked on Trey Songs uh, stuff. So shout out Pat! Like I, I see you, I hear you. I'm happy I got to know you before you blew up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, he um, he gave me that beat. And the thing about it is, because Pat, me and Pat from Mississippi, Pat Pat is like ain't like Pat ain't a, a hood nigga, but Pat definitely is not like. Put it like this, I gave Pat some artistic sensibilities with this track. Because at one point, it was like a straight-up, like, trap track. It was like, tick, tick, tick. And I'm like, nigga, like, you want me to sing on this? You know what I'm saying? Um, so with the horns and all that kind of stuff, that's when we, me, we argued about that for a long time. Because he was like, I don't get it. I was like, bro, like, it's like, just add the horns because they add drama to it. And yeah, I was like, mm-hmm. listen to, like, a lot of, like, at that time, listen to, like, a lot of, like, like um uh like Bryson Tiller just came out around this time and I was listening to um this girl who kind of like faded out a little bit her name was Kiara and she had a song called Gold and you know it was like that was my uh that was kind of like I know exactly what song you're talking about you know what I'm talking about exactly so that was like the inspiration it was like I was sad I was like let me write this shit um, I'm really good at writing songs when I'm like heartbroken. Like when I'm heartbroken, I can write amazing music. It, but when I'm happy, it's like it's like it gets real basic when I'm happy. But yeah, like that's yeah. And I and honestly and truly Pangea, I didn't think people would really like really like it because I thought it was just too personal. I'm like, I'm I'm literally talking about this nigga and how he broke my heart and we were like Pangea United is fine and uh, like I like I'm thinking about all this stuff and he's heard the song. He heard the song ironically and he likes it, you know. Um yeah, he likes it. He doesn't know it's about him. When he asked me, I was like, nigga, no, like fuck. Like, so you are so vain, you think that this song is about you. <laughs> yeah. I mean he was right though, so I mean I yeah. just wasn't gonna let him be right though. So you know, so- no, that goes. You brought up inspiration. So, that leads us to our next question for the both of you. Name one female, one male artist that you draw inspiration from, and what ways does their their art inspire you? Oh, um, Deb, you said said one female, one male? Yes. Okay. One male artist who really inspires me. 
Um, I mean, I guess I'll probably say like a Kate Trinata and like just like his production. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I just li- I like that vibe. I just like he doing his own thing. And probably like one female artist that definitely influenced me, SZA, is just like her lyricism. You know that whole kind of like I would love, love, love. I keep I keep doing this thing with intentions. So I'm hoping that I'm working with her. Manifest uh, that collaboration. Like I would love to work with Solana. You hear this girl? Call me. <laughs> I got I got some songs. For Solana. We, we, oh. <laughs> but yeah, those are my two. Just there. Hemingway. Um, I definitely would say uh, my male is Anthony Hamilton. Okay. Um, you, hear it. you hear it. You hear it. <laughs> yeah, Anthony Hamilton is like one of my biggest inspirations. Um, and then my female would be Victoria Monet. Um, it actually would be a toss up between Victoria Monet and Mila J. Just it's their penmanship. Like both of them have stupid pins. Um, drop the gem, sir. Drop the. <laughs> like they they really have some stupid pins. Um, Really, and if it, if it really came down to it and I had to had to make a choice, I would say Mila J is no shade. I love Victoria Monet for everything that she's done. But when Mila J did um, the last year, EPs. she did an EP for every month. The 2018 EP. The I know exactly pen, what you're talking about. The penmanship on those projects was absolutely impeccable. You cannot touch that girl. You cannot touch that girl. For me, it was February. I'm not going to hold you on that one at all. No breaks still gets played on my All gas, no breaks. Um, hands up. Um, what is it? The uh, My only hopes. My only uh, my only hope, friends. Um, do the dance. Uh, it was it's a lot of them. It's, it's a, a lot. lot of them. It's a lot. So so tell me this for both, and this is a question for both of you. So having these inspirations for your artistry, um, I know that like just speaking for myself as a writer, when you're inspired by someone or something, it can be kind of hard to not begin to sound like those people. So, like, what techniques do you all use to pull inspiration from them without imitating? Well, I think for me personally, um, ironically, it's like, if you if you know me, like, you know me, like, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I, I know you like sister. Like, <laughs> Same. Um, but but through my music though, because me because me and my producer Tariq, shout out to Tariq, like Tariq is a blessing. Me and Tariq, we like we share like a very common sense, like a very like common like pop sensibility towards like Britney Spears, Janet Jackson, like all these all these different types, and but also with like Charlie XCX and these type of things. So it's like, yeah, I'm listening to SZA because I'm studying these other people. That I'm like, you know, boom, 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 boom. So I'm I'm not so much gonna copy SZA because it's like that's that's her thing. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I I can write for her, but it's not, you know. But um, yeah, I think for me it's more or less just kind of like listening to what I want to listen to and um playing with that kind of stuff. And then also too, it just helps that I play the guitar, so I can kind of make up my own cadences and sounds and 
that kind of stuff too. So I, I haven't really ran into that yet. I do know that when I first started doing songs and no one knew, like no one even heard my songs yet. They just saw me and music and Frank Ocean just came out. It was just like, oh girl, you saw like Frank Ocean. I'm like, no, I don't. Like, I really don't. Seriously. Like, I, I don't. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that's my long-winded statement to that is that I just try to stay in my own lane. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. With your sound, also what I did pick up when I was when I was doing my research, I I hear bits and pieces of Dawn in your music. Dawn? That's a compliment. Cause <laughs> I love Dawn. And one of my favorite songs that she did is a collaboration um with this girl named Kimbra is called Version of Me. And like she plays like she sings like the bass of the entire song. And she's doing like y'all know y'all know Don nasty with that, with that, that low vibrato, mm-hmm. literally holding it down. So I'll take that as a big compliment. Um and I'll probably even give like, you know, especially more of it to Tariq because Tariq was probably one of the first producers who, if you listen to my first project. In contrast to this project, like to like, well, the, the the recent singles that's coming out and whatnot, um, it's a big difference and more like a cohesive like dance kind of like pop up tempo style. Where my previous stuff, it was kind of like a little all over the place, only because I was a little all over the place and I didn't I didn't have a story in mind. Whereas this time, I'm like, okay, I know kind of what I want to do. So yeah. Um, we apparently we have lost uh, Hemingway for a moment as we wait for him to come back. Let's stretch this into the next question. So I'm gonna ask the question: Do you remember the first song you ever wrote? Tell us about your growth journey since that song and how you've evolved since. Yes, I remember the first song. I was six. I had what well, y- y'all remember those. Um, those little cassette plates with the with the microphone and came yeah. with the tape and you can like record over the tape. So I did a song. No, I was eight, like seven, eight, six. That age where that was appropriate. And I did the song. It was like, "We are kids," with my own little instrumentation. It was like, "We are kids." Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> we are kids. Dun, 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 dun. And then it was then it got complicated. It was like dun, 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 dun. like it was a whole thing and um i like that's that song because i remember like writing it in that those ugly long uh learning how to write notebooks with a green marker we are kids like i just remember writing that distinctly on that thing and then as i got older i just kind of just i kind of stopped for a second because i was more into like um reading and um writing in general and i just wasn't like i didn't even believe i had like the musical like sensibility and then when I got to college um, and I was around, like, I kind of found my tribe and I was able to kind of, like, cultivate, like, myself as, like, the writer because everyone else was, like, musicians. And they were like, well, we need someone that can help write. And I was like, yeah, because that shit suck. So I started writing it. Um, and ever since then, that's kind of where, where it's been. I, I, I was forced to be the writer because... They wanted to like, my friends wanted to like make music. And I was like, this shit sounds embarrassing. So let me write it and y'all sing it. And we can just kind of do that. So yeah, that, that's kind of how I started, honestly. So um, thank you for joining us. Um, joining us. You're back. 
Look, my phone does not want me to be great today. <laughs> so the question that I asked uh, was, can you remember the first song you ever wrote? Tell us about your growth journey since that song and how you evolved since then. Shit. Um, the first song that I ever wrote, you don't know the story and she don't know the thing. I don't remember the... I don't remember the name of it. I just know that we had took a sample of Can You Stay in the Rain mm-hmm. um, and made a beat. It was in high school. Um, I really thought I was sucking shit up. I wasn't, especially <laughs> after I had listened back to it, but I really thought I was that dude there. Um, and it had meant a lot to me because it was the first time that I had ever wrote about a guy, mm-hmm. um, like ever, or whatever the case might have been. I hid it from my mom. Because my best friend was like, oh, Antonio, he's been recording. Da, 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 da. And my mom's like, I want to hear it. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> no. No, no, we're not going to do that. We're no, not no. going to do that. Please. I don't want um, you to do that, no. But now um, I actually took a lot of the songs that I wrote in high school in my music now. Um, GPS, the line heavy in the Chevy with a candy paint on it, girls trying to ride, but the dudes keep wanting me. That came from a song that I wrote in high school. Um, at the end of YKTV, I took the part, it's raining, it's pouring, and I need from the very first song that I wrote. And it was literally just that little snippet at the very end. Um, and it was just a reminder. It's a reminder of like the change, um, and like the growth that I've made between now and then. So it's like, I always try to take little pieces of me from back then and throw it in my music now because nobody heard me then. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Except yeah. for like the people, you know what I'm saying? I put my little my little CD and just be like, hey y'all. Like, mm-hmm. but aside from that, like nobody heard me then. So it's like the opportunity for me to take like little, little t- like tidbits and have nostalgic moments with myself. Um, but I definitely feel like it did shape me as a person because uh, I had to learn how to write. Mm-hmm. I had to learn how to write. Everything was real ABC, one, two, three, you like me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To just be like, oh my gosh, I'm so hurt when I was younger. And it's now like, I feel like I'm going to jump off a bridge with the chorus still connected. Them lyrics hit completely different. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, yes, like, yes, it hit different. So, um, so kind of like reflecting on the idea of reaching back into your beginning stages of artistry and kind of bringing to the forefront with your growth. Do you guys have any like any backgrounds in music? Did you take any music classes growing up? Or is this something that just kind of sparked as a talent that you didn't know was really there and you just kind of ran with it? So like, how did that work out? Um, I'm a PK. Okay. Yeah, I'm a I PK. I get PK energy from so, me, I'm not going to lie. I get PK <laughs> energy. I feel it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a PK. Um, so I was in the choir. I was in the praise and worship team. I was in, you know what I'm saying, gospel choir in school. Like, literally, I did it all. Teen choir, youth choir. Like, I was in all of that stuff. Um, Spending an so, entire Sunday in church. <laughs> Just wanting your bed. That's it. That's it. Like that was that was it. Like that's where like that musical background really, really kind of kicked in with me. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Irby, how about you? 
Um, kind of similar in the sense of where my grandmother was a soprano in the church. In my church, in my family, um, was it the, my family was has it like the soprano. Was like huh? was it like the <laughs> like no like 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 my grandmother? People literally would get quiet when she sung "How Excellent." It would be pan, a piano would drop. Like, and you know how that song goes. You have to go yes. up. So, like, a pin would drop. You'd get chills when you hear it. But um, even with that, though, like, my, I, I grew up in, like, a, like, a musical family. Like, in the sense of my auntie played piano, so I would hear that. My grandmother was always singing, like, hymnals and stuff, like, around. Um, my grandfather, um, ironically, he, this Black man from Mississippi, loved country music, played it, like, a lot, like, 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 old country music which is mm-hmm. um but i was but like growing up around like my aunties and uncles for good for young aunties and uncles uh i was like exposed to like with my uncle i remember like riding with him and he'll be playing like jay-z and dmx and Lil cool J. and then i ride mm-hmm. with one of my aunties and she's playing like um um faith uh faith hill and, and uh uh in sync and the Backstreet Boys, and I ride with, like, my other auntie, she be playing, like, you know, Janet and Sade and stuff, and then you ride with, like, my mom, and she's playing, like, Prince. So it was, like, I'm, like, I'm hearing and picking up all these little things, mm-hmm. but then, ultimately, um, I started developing my own taste, and I got into, like, rock music, so I started, I learned how to play the guitar, and I was definitely, like, that black, I was definitely a black emo kid with the guitar, listening to Evanescence and AFI. Um, yeah, I, I went through that phase, a hot topic phase. I was a hot mess. Yes, hot topic. Trying to wear a hot topic in Mississippi. Really? Um, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assume, yeah. We're going to get into the next question. I think it's frozen. Um, the next question we have, I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's three questions left, but the very last one is a little heavy, just as a heads okay. up. So here we go. The next question that you guys have for you guys um, is what song made you fall in love with music? What song made me fall in love with music? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, I don't know, because I'm pretty basic, so it probably <laughs> was something super basic. It's fine. Yeah. It works, too. Basic words. Uh, what 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 song made me fall in love with music? And I was like, I, honestly, I'm no. I think Misery Business by Paramore made me like actually pay attention to music, like for real, for real. Mm-hmm. Um, because a, they were teenagers. We were around the same. We we're like around the same age. B, the lead is Meridian. She used to come to Hollister all the time. Hey Haley, and C, like it just kind of. Haley Williams, Haley Williams has a very, very nice pen. Like she really can write. Haley Williams, uh, um, Amy from um, Evanescence. Um, look, this, whatever. The, w- despite the medium, a good writer is a good writer. And I think what got me about her was the fact that she was so young and she was actually writing things. And I think even besides her, who was even more of an impact to me, like to really get into music, was Fifi Dobson. Do y- y- y'all remember her? The yes. black, I'm, yeah. Language. Fifi Dobson. When I saw a black girl, just a black person, but then I just saw her doing this, like, and she's singing rock music, like 
singing down. I was like, <laughs> like I literally was like, I can do this. Um, and then you know I got older and, and started being niggas and things. Like that. <laughs> I was kind of like, okay, well, you know what, like. <laughs> I can still sing like dark shit, just like in a different way. So, um, yeah, like that's 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 the main story. I fell in love. I fell in love with music through just like through rock music and just seeing just like different faces with like these like incredible like lyrics and stuff. Because I was like a pretty, I, I was like one of those like kids who was like pretty much like teasing stuff like that. And I feel like most kids who are sad gravitate towards like I was because I was black I was gay I was fat so I was like gravitating towards like rock music because a lot of outsiders also like rock music so and when you're an outsider you can kind of like see you can observe everything easier so I think I think I think this actually helped intuitively with my writing and just my musicality is just being able to like be an outlier sometimes a little rebellious but you know so would you say that for you it's is it more important for you to be a great writer than to be a great musician? Or would you like for them to be kind of both leveled out? Honestly and truly, I like writing more. I'll tell anyone. I don't mind um, like being an artist and musicianship, but it's not something I strive for because I just being in Atlanta and like really being in the industry and like seeing things work and seeing how your friends and everything I'm more comfortable with writing I'm down with like the concept of me writing a statement and someone else presenting it and because I just know at the end of the day I got it especially when they sign their check so I'm definitely um, I'm, I'm more attuned with writing I'm more comfortable with writing being an artist it's just very, it's just a lot, especially in today's day and age. You get, you get no privacy and you have to like not want to be private in the beginning because like, everyone can do like Beyonce thing and just be like quiet. So, yeah, I think I've, I, I'm, I'm more of a writer definitely than, uh, than a musician. It is what it is. I mean, but if somebody wants to, somebody wants me to sing at their place, hey, call me. <laughs> anyway. What's up? Because at this point, me and Apple got a problem. (laughs) (laughs) What song made you fall in love with music? Oh, my gosh. Um, Blackstreet. It was... They have a song on the album. It was an intro. Um, And I always thought it was Maya. It was not Maya. I don't know who it was. But it was at the very uh, beginning of the album. I used to sing that song like it was mine. Every time. Um, but it was like literally like just a little intro like to the album. And I fell in love with like I literally I had fell in love with it. And I had started researching Blackstreet War because I used to steal my mom's like CD book. She used to have like the, the, the big bulky one. Right. Yes. Like I used to steal her CD book. And then I also used to get in trouble because I used to like open her packages from Columbia, the, uh, the little CD company. And, you know, once you open the package, you got to pay for the, whatever is in the package. But I will open it up. <laughs> Tell them. They don't remember the CD club. They don't remember the CD clubs at all. Yeah. I used to open up her stuff because I'm just like, girl, you be having all the music. So I, it's like, I know it's something good in here. <laughs> but, yeah, she used to listen to Blackstreet a lot. And it, like, literally listening to their projects, like, it's what really, really kind of, like, made me like and fall in love with music. 
So what was it about that intro, that Black Street intro that really stood out to you that kind of brought She that? was singing. She yeah. was singing. And every time I listen to a Black Street album, you ain't never hear no female on there. Like, ever. You never heard. You heard MC Light on the first project on No Diggity or whatever the case might have been. I think that was MC Light. But yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, you heard a female there rapping, but you never heard, like, a female, like, singing. And she was singing her face off. And I don't know what it was, but I'm just like, I saw you're singing. I said, this is this is this is pretty cool. And it was like so oddly placed because when you listen to it, when the song goes off, it goes into like this high energy like situation. I'm just like, why they put you right there? Like they, <laughs> they put you smack dab in the beginning. Like, why did they put you right there, girl? But I mean I like it, but yeah, like it was just her tone. It was just like it's it sounds so genuine. Like it sounds so genuine, like they had gave her her first shot and she took it. To this day, I can't remember who she is because I know it's not Maya, but I was thinking it was her for the longest. Yeah. With each of Black Street's projects, they have intros on all of them. So they did. Which one it was. Because the radio on the first project, it was like the whole radio, they did the radio thing. Right. The project right after that one. Um, I think it was the voicemails, and then that third project that had Janet Jackson on it was the project with the girl right there at the beginning. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because the second track was a uh, boyfriend girlfriend with uh, uh huh. Yeah. So, in close, um, actually, no, not in closing. We got two more questions. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. That's what that's mm-hmm. okay. I think they should. That's fine. So the heavy question is right. Are is here? Are you guys ready? Oh, okay. <laughs> mm, this is a bit controversial, but oh well. Do you believe that there is that a glass ceiling is in place for artists that's within the community? <laughs> there was a collective eye roll and head roll. Y'all don't understand that was literally quality television <laughs> if we recorded this beyond. Is 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 water wet? Is fire <laughs> hot? Like what for okay, because look, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, um, I feel like I feel like first of all, people think that we gotta win because of Lonas X. If at, at one point it was Frank Ocean, but the thing with Frank Ocean is controversial is Frank Ocean never confirmed that he was gay. And that was the thing that people people took his narrative and just ran with it. And it was like, you know, we're gonna put it all. And we was like, and it was like he represents himself, but he never wanted to be like the martyr for the community. Uh, and I said, and I think it's like, great that, that the, literally without the controversy of like Frank Ocean's his his whole you know what I'm saying like being in his career. If you take the controversy away, it would. Do you think Frank Ocean honestly would have lasted as long as he did? That's a really good question. Um, like, honestly, he would have been a controversy around it because literally, listen, you got to think about it. People don't understand. Anytime something controversial happens with an artist when it comes to like their context, like what it is that they are as a person or who they're talking about, it makes people what? Go back and listen to their music. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, okay, Frank Ocean has come out. He could possibly be gay. Now everybody's like, oh, let me go listen to the album real quick because I need to see, I need to see what Frank's talking about. So mm-hmm. now you get in the streams based off your controversy. So now when you go into these interviews, you're not saying yes, but you're not saying no. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you're keeping, you're <laughs> trying to keep that mysterious vibe when it comes to who you are 
when it comes to your sexuality because you know that it's getting you the strings. Mm-hmm. And you know, people like that. They like a sense of mis- like where they got to figure shit out because everybody want to be a fucking blogger. Now, so, I will say, like, I, I do believe that the way that you handled it was great marketing, but I do also believe that even without it, the music is still pretty solid. I, I, I have to do that personally, um, just because I feel like now, I will say that learning that about him, like, the way that he positioned it was genius just because it created a whole new narrative to his album. And that album for me, when it came out, that, like, that was like Channel Orange. Is what, what I was about we're to say, about. we'll talk about Channel Orange. Um, that album became like the soundtrack of my life that year because it was like, and I was like working in nonprofit, like it was all gay, rah rah, goddammit. So it was just like it was, it was that was a classic album. But what is he doing now, and why don't we have any music? Well, that's another thing that I personally, I personally appreciate artists that take time to create their art because the way that we distribute and receive music right now and content is so pop, pop, pop. Everybody's looking for a single. And I know that it's annoying because it's annoying to shit when you really like an artist and you're waiting for them and they take like a long ass time. But I would much rather him do that and give me something that's going to hold me. Because Channel, but I can he, still put Channel about Orange it, on right now. Is he going to give you, do you honestly feel like he's going to give you something sometime soon? Who knows? Because there, there are artists that I love, like, I am a devout Prince fan. And when he was alive, he made you wait. Sometimes. Because he would put out shit back to back too. But even still, there are projects of his that I waited for, and when I got it, this is my this is this is my whole thing with with the with the artists within the LGBT community and the artists that feel like they're gonna come out and they're gonna say, oh, I'm gay, I'm bisexual, I'm this, I'm that. If you're going to do that, then the least that you could do is advocate for the community. A lot of these artists just do this shit because it gets them a little clout for a moment and it's cute. It's cute for them. And yes, I'm very passionate about it because it's a lot of good artists that are gay and openly gay that yes. do not get any recognition that do advocate for the community. Yes. But mm-hmm. y'all, y'all a book, y'all a book, old girl, because you know what I'm saying? She just came out, she's like, I'm bisexual, you know what I'm saying? And I just posted a picture and it was cute. You know what I'm saying? And then you got people like, you know what I'm saying, Frank Ocean, no shade at all. He's a genius. The man is he's a genius. The man is smart, everything that he does, but how often do you really see Frank Ocean advocating for our community? Not, we're not talking about music. We're talking about us as a whole. Like, how often do you really see him at Pride? This is a good question. You don't. You see Trina. You see the city girls. You see everybody hand. else. Irby, I see that hand. Uh, Irby, what you got? I'll, no, what I was going to say is, I think that Frank Ocean's narrative and Lil Nas's narrative they are similar in the sense of they waited and then they were like surprised. The difference is where they start to diverge is kind of, well, when they start to kind of like go separate ways is Lil Nas was like, yeah, I'm gay. Yes, I'm still gay. 
yes, when you asked me this interview, no, I'm not queer, I'm gay. And that, and that was kind of where, like, I, I'm proud of him in that instance. Now, if he can make music like Frank Ocean, I'd be like, Lord, we got, we, we've met, we, we got the, he's the one. Because Lil Nas X, I do think it's falls in that caliber, what she says, where he literally, he has positioned himself to where he is seen already as like this gay icon and this gay status or whatever. But I do think that he needs to kind of think of the situation of like the lineage that he's presenting because I don't know if he knows about Brian. I don't know if he knows about a Medino Green. I don't know if he knows about rappers who I remember when I was in my dorm room and he was in his middle school probably. I used to see because y'all y'all remember Brian back in the day. Like, Brian, um, when, he yeah. first, when he the first pioneer. came out, when he first first came out and what i'm saying is stuff like that in the sense of like i'm not saying that he needs to pay his dues i don't want to get into like you know like into like any stuff like oppression politics but i will say acknowledgement acknowledgement of where you of, of of the people that came before you because with 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 the queer with, with queer with with the queer lineage of queer like musical artists especially mainstream is very very abbreviated you know what I'm saying? Because but the, it's very, very, it's very, very abbreviated. It's like it's like hot spots every now and then, but it's never like consistent like mainstream artists, especially mainstream straight artists. And I think that um, it's always the females. Yeah, I, the guys. I, yeah, and, and that's the thing. They, queer, 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 queer women in music have a more illustrious thing. And the thing about it is, I can't. On one end, I understand the game in the sense of where like. Because of massage noir, because of um, homophobia, because of all these different things that are essentially like pl- placed in order to keep certain things out, because it's, it's a capitalist business. There are there are a lot of queer men. There's an extensive. There are a lot of queer artists who are just not out, but there are your favorite rapper and singer and this and that and the third. They, and they live here in the city, mm. and it's just the fact that they just chose to play to play the game in a different way. But and I gotta think understand Ocean, that they're in a position of power, and being that they're in a position of power, they're going to make the table sway the way it needs to sway. Exactly. It is up to them. So if the door is not open, I blame them. But I will. I, blame I will. Them. I will give Frank this though. Frank, he, 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 he did. He Frank did do this for particularly for Black queer artists. Frank did kind of like. Take a, like a, 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 a like a, a whatever whatever uh, what um bar whatever <laughs> he, went, he he wedged the door open and he was like yeah. here y'all niggas come in whoever can get in first you know can meet me but yeah and I feel I feel like I do feel like now it we are starting to like after that you start to see more and more and more like queer artists who start to kind of like take themselves more seriously like would you see alex the other uh, other uh, actor uh alex that was on glee and you start seeing like um you just you just start seeing more black queer people because we saw we we're used to seeing white queer artists like child whatever like adam lambert but when you but when it comes to like black queer artists it gets real iffy and then we have to and when you are a young black um emerging like queer artist and you're like looking for someone to look up to and all you can really look up to are women and but you're like i can't really relate to them you know what i'm saying and and then you do find someone who looks like you who shares who says they share similar experiences to you but you start noticing they kind of move weird it's like i feel like that glass mm. ceiling is thicker for us as black male yeah yeah Mm -hmm. 
Definitely. When it comes to when it comes to you know what I'm saying, the females, I feel like they have a bit more leeway. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They have way more leeway than we do. Because what they talk about is erotic to, you know what I'm saying, the heterosexual mm-hmm. that uh, it's girl on girl. Like, you know what I'm saying? They into that. So it's erotic to them. We talk about mm-hmm. guy on guy. It's like, all right, y'all niggas doing mm-hmm. you know, the breaks. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, y'all want us to give you music that sounds good, but you don't want us to be completely in our truth when we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. So we can't have the moment where we want to talk about our sexual experiences because it makes y'all uncomfortable. And, and even like, even if you're not being gender specific, like a lot of my music, prime example, it's not gender specific. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, being that I am an LGBT artist and I am a gay man, they're automatically going to be like, hey, that nigga gay. So he got to be talking about a nigga. Is, yeah. But and I you think for me, I think I think just for me, like just on like just like an independent level, I do think there um i do i i do wish that the um if we since we know of this like glass ceiling of this situation that we're in we were able to like mobilize and work together but that's all folly that's great to say but we're not just gonna go because it's a bunch of artists essentially artists have egos it's gonna be different things and the thing about it is everyone and then and then everyone is not gonna come with is this gonna is this gonna be a, a thing it's gonna be a mess because it's no, it's no, it's no reason that there is no reason when there's a pride lineup in Atlanta, Georgia, that it should not be swelled with indie artists that are big and indie artists that are small. It should, it, it we should not. I, I love Seven Streeter and I love, I love all the people that perform at Pride. But at the same time, though, that is our space. That is our moment. We should be getting, giving money to ours. Not to everyone else because they're always going to get that money. They're not always going to. You don't. You're not going to see them always in different queer spaces. They're just there because you paid them. So at the end of the that's day, stupid to me. I, they need. I feel like that's one thing they need to seriously, seriously start looking into the community and being like, oh, I, and, and not base it, and not base it, not base it purely. Yeah, get 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 the quote unquote popping girls, the ones who actually can you know got got some numbers and stuff like that, but. Not purely based off that, because that turns away the, the the smaller artists who probably they don't have the biggest following, but they probably got a really good song, a really good project, or going to give you a really good show because they feel like they got something to prove, opposed to someone who has twenty thousand to forty thousand followers. You know what I'm saying? Which it, it is what it is, but but they, but what tends to happen is people tend to always pick a very certain type of artist in the Atlanta market and it's like yeah. we're not a we market. Enemy. to get different people. Us as gay people, and this is like no shade to anybody, but as, us as gay people, we are our biggest enemies. We yeah. literally are some of our biggest enemies and our biggest downfalls because at the end of the day, when they put those surveys out there, don't nobody be rooting for their friends when they be talking about who need to perform. Don't nobody be rooting for their friends. That's why I don't they, they gonna, why. gonna tell you they gonna tell you in your inbox they love your music. They're going to send you your, their cute little stuff that they be putting on their story. You know what I'm saying? When they, they got your song playing, friend, your song playing in the car. You know what I'm saying? But they're not, they not, you know what I'm saying? They're not giving that same energy when these promoters are asking who we need to book. And this, and here, and here's like a secret. I hope y'all all know. The artists, we know when you were streaming our songs, because there's this thing called Spotify for artists and um, Apple, uh, and Apple, Apple Music artists for, for artists. Apple Music. It tells you He's what area and reason. Music. When your songs are being streamed, 
So if you're telling me and, and you live in Natchez, Mississippi, no one lives in Natchez, so I don't want no smoke. But if you say you live in <laughs> Natchez, Mississippi, and you say, oh, I like your music, um, you know, I listen to it all the time, and I look at my little analytics, and it says Atlanta 28 times, and I'm the person streaming, I'm like, what song you listening to? Like, not me? You must misspell Irby. Like, so, like, it's, it's, it's like, honestly and truly, it's, it's a, the music industry, what I've learned as I've just gotten closer and closer to it is the fact that it's something that I feel like I would want to work in part-time. I would not want to be in it seriously, seriously, have, like, have, like all my eggs in it simply because, like, on a serious note, the artistry part of it, it gets it gets tainted and you get burnt out and I, it's beautiful when it is beautiful when you go up, but it's ugly when you go down mm. and I would rather do something. I would rather do something else whilst also doing music as like a passion hobbyist situation and being independent than sign with one of these feckless labels. Who's going to probably try to like push me to be something that I'm not probably have me do some absolute ads or some stuff and only I only get I only get like you know a check during pride and you know gay events because they'll just is is just it is what it is. So and, and and the thing with Montero, shout out to you, is the fact that you're an anomaly. You you did something, but that don't happen all the time. And to all the younger core artists listening to that, do not take this as discouragement, but just realize that you're entering a business. You're entering a business and you're selling a product. And you need to realize that um everyone that you, you need to realize that you may have to market your product in different ways and everyone's not going to like your product but that's okay as long as you like your product and you actually tried because people can tell when you didn't try so that's that don't don't be discouraged because yeah i just been in the game for a little minute so i'm a little bitter but definitely um keep like like don't like don't if you gay if you're from mississippi you know, you're a young artist, hit me up. Be like, hey, like, I heard you. Let's work. Like, I, I, I know where you're coming from, so we can talk. Trust me. Like, we can, we can do something straight. Um, but yeah, that's just my piece on it. I feel like I want everybody to win, but everybody don't want everybody to win. And that's cool. Everybody just need to, I just want to be in the lane with people who want to win and prosper and want to, and not gatekeep. Not gatekeep. I don't like gatekeepers. So that's the thing. I, I want to be with people who go, when they, when they get through that gate, they're going to leave it open and be like, this is why I need to get here. So it, 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 it's, it's, it's not hard. Because I do feel like with the artist narrative, people just want you to go through like, hey, I slept on floors and ate Lunchables and drunk only ketchup packets. Like, girl, no. Like, I literally was, <laughs> I can't record today. And, or or I got to eat or, or, or I need to oh, be hungry. I guess I'm not recording today. Like, that's just stupid. Do not, you guys need to just realize that a lot of people build a narrative in order to make it seem something, but it's all smoke and mirrors. And everyone's story is different because a lot of the people that's already plugged, they were plugged from the day they were born. They got an uncle, a cousin, somebody. And that's what you're working with if you're someone who's not plugged. So don't be discouraged. Just remember it's a system and you're playing a game. And either you gonna continue to play the game or you bow out. So, but keep going though. I hope that didn't scare you away. <laughs> I agree. So, in, first of all, thank you guys both for taking time out of your business schedules to be definitely us. Um, we normally ask our guests to close out with a mental health set. Instead, because it is Black Music Month and Pride Month, yes. 
What is a mental health tip that you would give to an artist that's within the community? This, that was the last part? What is a mental health tip that you would give to artists inside of the community that's trying to get things going to come up as well? Oh, okay. You want to go ahead with it? Or, or something? Okay. I can flip a coin. um i think what i would just give anyone um so real advice find some people that you trust for the most part Mm -hmm. um keep them around don't disrespect them once you once your first little project come out and it start going up don't 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 do that um and make make stuff make stuff that you're going to be proud of thirty years from now. When you're when you're older, make stuff that when you're old and you know you can go back and look at your stuff and you know you want to flex for your kids or you know whoever else you have in this younger than you. Make stuff that you like. Yeah, this is what I did back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Like make stuff because I do believe that every artist should make something because you might get sampled and you might be rich in the future. That's what I'm. Hoping on this <laughs> young twenty-something DJ just finds like sad disco and was like, "I'm gonna chop it." I'll be like, "Chop it up." Um, <laughs> but um, but no, like y'all just this my my, my my mental health thing is just like you know, be honest with yourself, take breaks, and realize that the music industry is not a guarantee. Do not put all your eggs in one basket. Please don't be one of those people that's like, "This is all I got." No, you are much more than the music industry. The music industry. It's a great industry when it works for you, but it can, it can, you know, you know y'all know my song, Sad Disco. Yeah. I have a song called Sad Disco. And, and basically the song is, is talking about um, coming to the city, learning who you are, being consumed by the city, and learning that, you know, in order to succeed, you have to almost let the city choke on you. Like, yeah. you, have to just, you, have to, you have to go deep. And I feel like, you know, you have to be willing to like constantly make that sacrifice and be like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go all the way or without any like safety net, or I'm going to like gauge it and see how it goes. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like, you know, I see, I've seen more people just spiral out because they literally just, they weren't thinking strategically. They were just thinking more like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And the thing with the music industry, like you said, people are always pumping out music, especially it's, they always pumping out music. So I always tell folks, like, you know, stay in your lane and take care of yourself, but do not, do not, do not let music break your heart because it can. Mm-hmm. It can. And as a, as an artist who's young and new, when it, when, if that's your first heartbreak, it, it hurts. It hurts like hell and no one should have to experience that amount of pain for something they're supposed to love. So definitely remember that. It's a feckless relationship, but sometimes it's lit. <laughs> anyway, what about your mental health tip for um, artists? Um, honestly, develop a sense of confidence for yourself and not other people. Because mm. music, it's like once you step into music, it's going to mentally start playing games with you because you're so you're going to be hard on yourself you know what i'm saying like you're going to be very very hard on yourself and one thing that i've noticed and i've watched when this music hits the airwaves and it hits these blogs people are going to be reckless people are going to be very reckless 
And just because you thought it was the one, you thought that was the track, and then the, you put it out there, and you, you didn't put, you know what I'm saying, pay promo behind it, it hits these blogs, and these people are not feeling it. They'd be like, no, I could have lived without it. Thank you, next. Mm-mm, this ain't it. This is trash. Won't be won't. This, that, and the third. You have to just, like, you really have to find a, a sense of confidence for yourself to know, despite what they feel, the track is a one. Despite what they feel, it's not for everybody. Right. You know what I'm saying? Every, everybody's not going to like it. I, I, might, I might not like the same music y'all like. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And y'all could play it and be like, oh my gosh, this song is it. And I'm like, friend, I don't know about that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but that's, that's just me. Right. I'm one person. You feel me? It could be mm-hmm. 2,000 other people that's listening to your song right now. You worried about three comments. Right. And them three comments is really taking you out. I mean, got you at, at the house fuming. Like fuming, you just screenshotted it, put it in the group chat, y'all. Look at this bullshit, like fuming. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Stressed out. Mm-hmm. So it's just like you just have to find a sense of confidence for yourself, and then also it's okay to rest. I feel like us as artists, we feel like we gotta go, 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 go. We gotta do this show. We gotta do this promo. We got to go to the studio, and we don't rest. And we literally wear and tear our bodies to the point where we have to rest. Mm-hmm. Opposed to wanting to rest. People don't understand. When your mind is cluttered, you got a lot going on, you can't write. You know what I'm saying? When you haven't got like enough rest, your vocals will be trash. You know what I'm saying? Like your throat, a lot of people don't understand you're not getting sleep and stuff. That bothers your throat. Mm-hmm. Like the, a lot of that stuff matters and we overlook it because we just like, I got to go to the studio. I said, I'm putting the song out on the eighth. Like you just rest. Rest because at the end of the day, ain't nobody ru- you independent. You independent. Ain't nobody rushing you. Ain't nobody rushing you. If Rihanna can push her shit back for three years and she signed to a label, if Tiana Taylor can push her shit back three times after she announced that she was gonna give it to us and she still gave us incomplete tracks, rest. That's it. That's it. Rest because they're in the public eye right. and they're telling you they pushing their shit back. You know what I'm saying? You're not in the public eye like that. Rest. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It is okay. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that you're not going to get there. But at least you're practicing this now. That way when you do get there, you know when to put a pause on things. Y'all, mm-hmm. I can't do this show. I can't take this gig. I cannot do this studio session because my body needs rest. My brain needs rest. Thank you all so much. So much taking time out of your busy schedules to be here with us. Yes. Can you tell, tell the public where they can find you on social medias and also where they can find your music? Promote that single. This That's is it. <laughs> um, okay. So you can find me on Instagram at my full government. It's Eric Lashine Irby. All three. Oh, um, <laughs> and if you want to look up my music, which you should, it's I R B Y Y Irby, just with an extra Y. And literally, I'll pop up. This is a picture of me with a fade. So, yeah, you see it. I'm Hemingway everywhere. H E M M I N G W A Y. Facebook, 
Twitter, Instagram, Apple Music, Spotify, Christian Mingle, OnlyFans. No, no, everywhere. They fed the child both, y'all. They fed the child both screamed at Christian Mingle after he said OnlyFans. Y'all like Christian Mingle. Once again, thank you guys uh, so much for tuning in with us. And we want, if you like what you heard, please like, rate, subscribe, share with your friends. Yeah. And we will be back back once again, same time, same place next week. And until then, see you guys later. Peace out. Bye. Bye.